0: Welcome to the Action Coach Stroud podcast. My name is Dave Harris, and I'm talking to Tom Allchurch to find out a little bit about his view on the things that most affect businesses, particularly small businesses, as they start up and grow. And in this series of three podcasts, we've been talking particularly about time, team, and in today's podcast, money. Because, Tom, you always say that those three things are the biggest issues for business owners. Money clearly is at the heart of a business. Without money, the business can't exist. And it's often said that cash flow is king and all that sort of thing. But I guess that's true, isn't it? At the end of the day, if you don't have any money, you don't have a business.
1: Absolutely. Money is the thing that makes your business and your life tick. And fundamentally for us as action coaches, we want your business to work for you to get the things that you want from your life. Fundamentally, money is at the core of that, at the heart of that. How much money do you want to make from your business? And often I'm sitting having a conversation with business owners and they'll say, well, you know, I I just can't afford that, Tom. I just can't do it. I'm so, well, OK, go and earn some more money then. That's the first step. Go and earn some more money. How do we do that? In terms
0: of money and the starting and the building of a business, you often hear the term undercapitalized thrown around, which I guess means there wasn't enough money in the pot to start with. How important, before we talk about the, the, the specific issues of, of, of money and running a business, how important is that initial startup fund and 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 having enough to kind of kick the thing off properly?
1: That's a really fascinating question, Dave. I think When you're starting a business, it's a good idea to have a plan, a financial plan, a really good idea. That will give you an idea of how much capital or debt or loan, whichever you prefer to call it, you will need to to, to start that business off. It'll give you an idea. And, And generally, there's only one promise in that is... Whatever you think it's going to be, it probably won't be enough. So at some point in the early stages of any business, you're going to run very, very tight for cash and you're going to have to have quite tight control on your spending and have to be quite aggressive on your sales and your marketing effort. And that's the balance in the early stages of a business is, you know, sales and marketing spend versus cost control on the operations and bringing enough money through the door to be able to afford to get your business off the ground and get it growing. So it's interesting that question around undercapitalisation. I think it's a question of have a plan and know roughly what you think you'll need to fund your business for and and find a way of raising that money to fund the business to the scale that you think you'll need. If you were going to build a house, Dave, and you knew it was going to cost you a quarter of a million pounds to build that house, and you knew that there was a, you know, 10 to 15% contingency on top of that, so, you know, it might cost you 300,000 pounds, you know, especially when you start to look at the kitchen you were planning to put in and then that gets a bit over-designed and the bathroom gets a bit over-designed and so on. But if you knew it was going to cost you between two hundred and £300,000 to build that house and you put the foundations in knowing you've only got £100,000 of money in the bank and that's all you can raise, you'd be daft, wouldn't you? So why would you do that with your business?
0: And I suppose the answer to that is blind optimism because I guess a lot of people go into business just, you know, they believe in themselves. That's why they're doing it. They believe they're good at what they do and they believe, you know, if they set themselves up, the customers will come. They'll come knocking at the door.
1: But the reality is not always like that, is it? I think that's absolutely correct. To go and start a business, you have to have a degree of optimism, but you've also got to have a degree of, of, of realism. Now, where does that realism come, fr- come from? It comes from making a plan, determining what are the things that you need to do to deliver on that plan, what are the things that you need to spend money on to deliver on that plan and how long is it going to take realistically for your sales to start flowing and your income to start flowing so that you've got money coming into the business. So I would always say start with a plan and be realistic about it. And sometimes the question of being realistic about it is to start with the plan that you think will work, the plan that you want to make work, look at how much money you need to spend to make that come alive, and then ask yourself this question, what if my sales come at half the pace that I anticipate them coming at, how am I going to manage and fund the business in that scenario, and have your contingency plan in in place for that scenario? So Think about it from, right, okay, this is what I think I can do. This is what I believe I can do. I'm the optimist. I'm going to make a business out of this. What happens if it doesn't work out like that? It comes at half the pace. What will I do then? How will I manage that situation? And you've then have got a contingency plan. Hopefully, your optimism turns out to be true and your business gets off the ground roughly within that plan. But but have a, have a fallback. Okay, you mentioned uh, earlier on about people saying,
0: I can't afford it. I can't, you know, I can't do that. I can't pay for that. I can't do that because I just don't have enough money coming in. And, and, And your answer to that was, we'll work out how you can earn more. Now, that's clearly the right answer. But one could argue that's a bit glib because somehow, you know, how do I do that? How do I you know suddenly earn more so that I can afford the the thing that I want the, for my business or for my personal life for that matter? what's your advice in practical terms
1: to a business that that does need to increase its revenue? First advice is get a coach um, always first advice is get a coach and then let's start to work on what's important in general with a business I would Always start to look at a business and say, OK, in five years' time, where can this business get to? What's, you know, what's the dream of, of us with this business? What do we really think it could become? And let's dream big. And then let's turn that into some realistic goals, and then let's work out how we achieve those. And then let's bring that back down into a 12-month plan and a three-month plan and a week-by-week plan. If we examine it in that level of detail... And with that dream in mind, we'll start to commit to do the right things, get the right action plan in place, start to chase the sales, make sure we're working on the things that we should be working on and start to build the business piece by piece, bit by bit, step by step. And in doing that, you will build a, a, a successful business. There are lots of other things that we need to do about that, but if we're going to build a successful business, the first thing we have to do is, is generate sales and if we're going to generate sales we have to have a marketing plan and if we just start off and we don't have a marketing plan and we don't know how we're going to generate those sales then we're not going to generate them so let's put first things first here let's start with a marketing plan build that up let's then get out and make sure we're generating sales from that marketing plan and adapt the plan as we go along and get better at converting our sales from the leads that are coming into the business through practice, through training, through learning. And that way we start to bring the income line into the business and get it growing. So we look to do that week on week, month on month, and the business starts to grow.
0: That issue of the I can't afford it statement is related to another thing, which I know you consider very important in a business, and that's cost control. So talk to me about that and how that is, you know, because there's a paradox there in a way, isn't there? You know, you've got to have cost control. You've got to be in control of your costs, quite literally. But at the same time, you want to be able to spend money on things like that sales and marketing, which is clearly vital to growing the business.
1: Absolutely. And there's often two different types of business owners in terms of sales and marketing and spending uh, on that and cost control. So sometimes there's the, the, the business owner who will be entirely optimistic about their sales and marketing and not worry about cost control and do what they believe to be right without watching what they're spending. And then there is the other business owner who is very tight and on top of their cost control but is not speculating at all. And somewhere there is a balance in the middle. Fundamentally, as a business owner, you need to know what you're spending. And most business owners are good at that. Some aren't, but most are. Most are good at knowing what they're spending and keeping a fairly tight rein on the cash going out of the business. Sometimes that holds them back in terms of their ambition to grow the business. But there is another group of business owners who don't look after the numbers and before you know it there's a piece of 4x2 hitting you around the back of the head and if you don't deal with it then you're going to get run over by a big truck so cost control fundamental part of how we look after our business and so given that
0: given that cost control is fundamental and also making the right spending decisions as well what has to underlie that how do we keep track of the numbers
1: great question dave i think we have to have good accounts. Accounting tools are really easy to use these days. We've got all of this pay-by-month software, zero, QuickBooks, many others uh, in the market that we can use. And they are very easy to use. But equally, I would suggest to business owners, because the software is there and easy to use, firstly, use it and be aware of what's going on. Better still, get a professional to do your accounts every month and summarise what's going on for you because being told that by a third party is more valuable than looking at it yourself. They will see the numbers differently to how you see the numbers. Analyse your costs, analyse your sales, track the key numbers that are coming off your profit and loss account on a monthly basis, track them on a rolling spreadsheet so that you can start to see the trends that are occurring. Because trends tell you more than just looking at a plain set of numbers. If you if you sit there and look at your monthly profit and loss account and you don't really understand your numbers, it is just a set of numbers. That's all it is. So you need to know what do those numbers represent against what your budget is? Interesting word, that, your budget. And how do they sit against the last six months' numbers, the last 12 months' numbers, if it's a cyclical business through the year against the same period last year, and analyse your numbers in those terms, and then you understand what they're telling you. But if you don't do the analysis, you won't understand what they're telling you. And with cloud-based
0: account systems, I know a lot of these systems, probably all of them, will generate something called, rather magically, management accounting reports... And I suppose within that, if you know how to read the numbers, is all the information you need. It's understanding that and getting help where you need it to understand those reports so that you can make good decisions.
1: Absolutely. And as a, as a coach, the first thing we will say to you is, OK, we need to understand your numbers and we need to have a dashboard. So you're driving your business. That's just like a car. Okay Your car's got a speedometer, it's got a rev counter, it's got a, a, a fuel tank gauge. it's got various other bits of information on that dashboard that's telling you whether the lights are on or which way your indicators are going or if the radiator's getting low, whatever it might be. Now, what's the dashboard for your business? So I would suggest to you that the dashboard for your business, every business is different, but fundamentally, the sales number and any breakdown of that that's relevant, that's important. The costs, the gross profit, knowing what the overheads are to get down to the net margin and knowing what the profit of the business is. That's a starting point. To go a bit further, it's a good idea to understand your debtor position and your creditor position. So how much money is owed to you by others and how much money do you owe to others you might also need to understand your stock position and your work in progress position how much work have you done that you haven't yet built how much stock have you got in the warehouse that hasn't yet gone out as a sale these are all numbers that can be managed to improve your cash flow another number i'd be thinking about in your dashboard is what does your order book look like that might not be a financial number if you're selling time how many days have you got ahead of you that you're you've got book sales that you know you're working and how do you track those numbers then on a monthly basis that you're looking at those numbers they're meaningful and they're telling you what your business is doing and if you get a great dashboard and you understand what that's telling you then your business is quite easy to run so if you're trying to grow your business and you haven't got and it's a time-based business you're selling time you're selling days work and you've got 60 days booked out uh, ahead for the last three months and suddenly it's 70 and suddenly 80 well it's telling you you need to take take somebody else uh, additional into your team or it's telling you you need to put your prices up so you can work out what actions you need to take in your business by having a great dashboard but a great dashboard comes from having good accounts knowing what numbers matter to your business and then getting them quickly and easily available to you at the end of every month start of the next month so that you can see what's happening one of the things that often surprises a newer
0: business when it goes to the marketplace is that they might be successful in selling that business they might get some big clients But they then find that those clients are not brilliant about paying them on time. And that can, I know, cause problems, particularly for small businesses who don't have very much margin for error, so to speak. What can you do about that? I mean, as a coach,
1: how do you advise clients who have their clients not paying them on time? Personally, I think it's unacceptable. My view is somebody who isn't paying you on time is free financing their business. They're using you as a bank. Or they're using you as a shareholder. So my view is pretty simple. You need to control the credit that you're giving to your customers uh, in an effective way. So 30-day terms are 30-day terms. Seven-day terms are seven-day terms. It's interesting the transition of a lot of business online in the last two, three years, and particularly through the last 12 months, 15 months of this awful COVID experience we've had, so much more business is done online. And when you do business online, you pay for it before you receive the product or service. If you buy something online, you pay for it there and then. So perceptions have changed about timeframes for paying for services or products. You could use that to your advantage But I would always urge a business owner to look at their customers, look at who the good customers are, look at who the bad customers are, look at that in terms of their interaction with their customers in terms of service and buying and helpfulness, but also in terms of how frequently they're paid, and analyse who do you want to work for. And really make a hard decision that actually, these guys, you know, they pay me on 60 days. You know, I I do get quite a bit of work off them, but they pay me on 60 days. Either I move them to pay me on 30 days or I find somebody else to replace them who will do and just make a hard decision. Business is a tough world, but what you don't want to be as a business owner is funding somebody else's business. It's hard enough to fund your own.
0: I wonder whether fundamentally the thing about cash is, you know, is about knowing where you're probably going to be in a few months' time and, and try, trying to plan for the future. Is is that right?
1: For me, I can't run my business without a forward plan, and I've never run a business without a forward plan. I've been doing this for about 23 years now. And I've always had a five-year business plan setting out what my big five-year goals are and a roughly costed cash flow to achieve that and there's a lot of variables in that five years is a long time the starting point of that five-year plan though is where do we want to be in five years we then bring that back to 12 months and we do an annual budget once a year we do an annual budget set a 12-month forecast going forward yeah it, it won't work out that way the numbers will turn out to be different but we've thought it through and we've thought about every aspect of the business in preparing that budget how many customers do we need? What are we going to sell to them at how much on a month-by-month basis? How are we going to grow that? What's our spend in marketing effort and our sales effort to achieve that? What does it cost to deliver? Drive that those numbers through the model. Get down to the bottom line. See what the headroom is. Do we need to find some funding or are we okay? What are the problems in the business when we put that model together let's identify what the problems are and then let's go and fix them before they become problems in reality that's the beauty of a a forward forecast and once we've got that into 12 months and then let's bring that down into 90 days three months ahead right okay what are our action plans to bring that alive and make that happen so Good planning and forward forecasting, it's there to identify the bumps in the road so that we can smooth them out before we get to them. And if there's something that looks like a cliff edge, well, let's turn in a different direction and go in a different direction. The only promise I ever make anybody when we make a 12 month plan or a five year business plan is the day after tomorrow it's wrong because something has changed. One of the assumptions that we've made will not turn out to be true. But that's fine. The plan's given us a perspective on where we're going. It's highlighted some of the problems that we need to fix. There will be other problems as well. What happens if we don't have a plan? Well, you know, one of the great things of not having a plan, Dave, is you never see a disaster coming, so you don't have to worry about it. You've been listening to the Action Coach Stroud
0: podcast with me, Dave Harris, talking to Tom Allchurch. And today we were talking about money in the context of business. Tom, if people want to find out more about this and how they can sort out their money issues, what should they do?
1: Get in touch with me and I'll be happy to have a free consultation and a discussion around your business and how we might be able to help. You'll find me at www.stroud.actioncoach.co.uk. Thank you, Tom. We are making lots of these podcasts.
0: They're all very interesting. These last three have been about time, team and money. So I would urge you to subscribe and listen to them when you get time. We look forward to bringing you another podcast soon, but in the meantime, stay well and keep listening.